Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. happening everybody this is eat sleep suplex retweet and this is their brand new regular patreon show the raw report where we'll be going through all the best bits of the latest edition of monday night raw i'm your host Stephen wilson and today i am joined to go through the last night's raw by mr three faces of floppy himself ross mcleod <laughs> I'd say well done, but I know for a fact Derek Kernan probably came up with that one. Ah, <laughs> oh, you'll be proud of that, don't worry about it. He will. <laughs> so yes, uh, today me and Ross will be going through the November 4th edition of Monday Night Raw. If you are subscribed to us on the Patreon channel, I hope you've enjoyed everything we put out so far. You're uh, lag- lagging again. I'm lagging again? I just keep going, fuck it. Um, you can- I hope you've enjoyed pretty much all the stuff that we put out so far. Uh, you can get uh, all our stuff on this on the Patreon channel, plus our free content on any good podcasting sites. And we're also on all forms of social media uh, at Suplex Retweet. Uh, Ross, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm good to go. Cool. All right, so to give a bit of format for the listeners at home, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing what I've called Six for Six, where myself and Ross will pick three moments from Raw each and talk about them for six minutes. We'll give a, a brief rundown on the all the other, anything else that's happened on Raw before giving our views for next week. Uh, right, so to get to give a flavour for those who haven't been catching up on Raw, this is obviously the November 4th edition, uh, which is coming from Suplex Retweet's favourite US city of Uniondale, New York. <laughs> which is not in New York, according to David Hockney. Oh, God, I know. It's, he'll probably say, I was in Long Island. It's, it's actually New York. Nathan's listening to this, throwing cans at the phone just now, like, no! <laughs> uh, and we are hot off the heels of both Crown Jewel and the recent episode of Smackdown, which had to be reshaken due to the issues with uh, the wrestlers coming back from Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, and as a result we saw one of the best Smackdowns in recent memory, uh, which saw an NXT invasion. Now, the big question is, what, would we get something similar on Raw? Uh, Ross, I'll throw it you to the first. What's your first six for six from last night's Raw? Um, well, just because you mentioned we're coming on the heels of Crown Jewel, my first six for six will be the Seth Rollins promo. Yes. Because because so much has happened and because, you know, us being in Glasgow, we were at ICW's Fear and Loading at the weekend. There's been a lot of wrestling since Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. I forgot he was. I forgot he wasn't Universal Champion. <laughs> Just because you usually, obviously, you get the pay per view. Then the next night it's Raw, or you know, back in the day the SmackDown pay per view, the pay per view Raw SmackDown. So you, you know, it was right there. Whereas, obviously, it's been half a week since then. None of the champions have been featured. Plus, Seth Rollins himself has been pretty dull. So it's not exactly been something I'm keeping up with. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, definitely, and uh, he he expressed his uh, dissatisfaction himself. He expressed to go into the crowd saying, "You have all hated me. I don't really care. I don't know where I'm going." And out came everybody's favourite uncle himself, Triple H, uh, <laughs> where he pretty much gave a bit of an ultimatum to Seth. 
yeah, um, obviously you talked about the, the crowd there. He, he said I lost the title to The Fiend. The crowd cheered. He mentioned Lesnar and the crowd groaned at the thought of another Brock-Seth match. But yeah, Triple H sort of lighting the fire under him, saying every time you don't know what's next, I come into the picture. Sort of like, you know, highlighting his role as like NXT's founder. And I like how the the little touches, the NXT on Triple H's Titantron, the NXT name badge when he comes out. Mm-hmm. Just little things. But this this was a really good promo from Triple H's side because, as we mentioned before, Seth Rollins at the minute is dull as dishwater. Mm-hmm. Um, lighting the fire and he goes, Seth, as we've said before, you're either with us and any pauses as the undisputed era climb up to the climb up to the ring apron. He goes, oh, you're against me. What is it? And then, obviously, we get the OC coming up, which I really enjoyed, you know, building on their success for Crown Jewel. I forgot that was their theme music. I was sitting there wondering, who is this? <laughs> yeah, I know, because, well, that used to them coming out to AJ Styles' theme song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Good promo from Triple H. It's good to see the sort of like tribal warfare sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing, though, the, the one, I know it's wrestling, so we need to dispense our disbelief, but how the hell do two people at six foot four plus and Damien Priest and Dominic Djokovic sneak up on you? I know. I, 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 they're just coming from nowhere. I mean, did they come from the crowd or the end of the ring, you know? Was... Yeah, just out of nowhere. And then obviously, call the mid card, uh, WWE's version of call the midwife, because, because oh my God, run. It's Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> Likes of Eric Rowan and No Way Jose to the ring. Look, we've seen the Undisputed Era beat the likes of DIY and the Velveteen Dream. You know, Roddy Strong beat Dijakovic and Keith Lee by himself. I'm pretty sure they could have stayed and fought Zack Ryder. <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought was interesting about that first segment as well is uh, that was Seth Rollins just standing in the ring himself, uh, not involved in anything, you know, kind yeah. of teasing the B things. Yeah, completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Seth, help us. No, I'm going to stand here and just hold my hair back. Yeah, this is, this is Monday Night Rollins. By the way, your guys are getting attacked. Well, they're not on my Monday Night Rollins. Yeah, typical Seth. Always looking out for himself. I love Seth, but my God, he did need to do something different with Seth Rollins when Raw. Yeah, he's a bit dull at the minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's 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 good in the ring. He had a great 2018, 2019. I've not used him as well, but he needs to stop. He needs to stop cutting promos, and he needs to stop talking to journalists. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's like stop talking, Seth. Please. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the aftermath of this is them going backstage and him saying to Triple H, "I want an NXT title match." Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really good because Triple H's smug wee look as if to go, told you so. And he just goes, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, so Ross, how would you give this segment? Would you give this a stone cold, which is a thumbs down, or a red hot, which is a thumbs up? Um, Red top, I think. I think sometimes in Survivor Series, certain things don't make sense. The likes of, you know, Bailey and her NXT recently promoted to Raw in 2016 mm. when she was attacking people for no reason just because it was Raw v Smackdown. 
that didn't make sense. Sometimes we complain about, you know, storylines falling by the wayside, but the NXT want to make a name for themselves and, you know, we're here to take over. It makes a lot of sense. It put a bit of doubt in the viewer's mind where Rollins, Rollins' allegiance, I should say. Mm-hmm. And it also hype Survivor Series and it's made... It's built on SmackDown and it's made this coming NXT and SmackDown must-see. So everything worked here for me. Yep, definitely. I would agree with that one. Uh, so I'm going to go to my 6 for 6, which is one of the ones you alluded on, was with the match made by Triple H, requested by Seth Rollins. It was the main event between Seth Rollins and for the second WWE show in a row, defending his title, uh, the NXT champion Adam Cole. Not quite the long match we saw on SmackDown between the two, but still a very good uh, TV main event, I think it's fair to say, between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, made Cole look threatening again. You know, Jerry Lawler on commentary had a good line. He says, if this Adam Cole's a representative of the talent in NXT, mm-hmm. they're going to be a formidable opponent in Survival Series. Yeah, King at one point says he was he was, he was rooting for Cole, which was quite surprising after the full night where he was pretty much saying NXT are only here to get some attention. Yeah, it, I've seen people kind of complain about that as well, and I I don't see the problem in that. You know, it's, it's meant to be tribal warfare. Mm-hmm. You know, the likes of King should be saying this is the A show, SmackDown's the B show, NXT's the rookies. You know what I mean? Let's hype up. Let's get personal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it didn't quite have the clean finish we saw on SmackDown as the, the Undisputed Era got herself involved and caused a disqualification which led to another big massive melee in the ring between the, NXT's best were there we saw Tommaso Ciampa, I think Pete Dunne was there as well uh, and Raw answered with uh, Ricochet the OC and the Midcard again Where yeah, was the rest call of the, the Midcard where was the rest of the Raw roster? <laughs> where was the good uh, where, was, where was the top stars? I don't know, where was Rusev? Rusev, you know what I mean? Like, Ricochet saved him from a beatdown. We'll probably talk about that later. <laughs> you've got the likes of Randy Orton that says, you know, this is my show. You know, you've got Drew McIntyre saying, I'm here to make a statement. Where, where the hell were all they? <laughs> Aye, they were, they were absolutely nowhere to be seen. There was the likes of Buddy Murphy... Uh, Andrade as well, a lot of the guys featured on the show, Alberto Carrillo as well, Alberto Carrillo, mm-hmm. not Alberto Carrillo, uh, nobody <laughs> to be seen, as, um, but uh, I think it's probably one of the most memorable quick finishes to Raw I've seen as Keith Lee ascends over the top rope, flying like a cruiserweight. <laughs> yeah, uh, he flew like a cruiserweight, Ricochet obviously did his, you know, everything that he does make looks easy. But obviously, you've got to try it and you realise no, it's just he's supremely talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest takeaway here was um, Kurt Hawkins holding his own against UFC undefeated uh, grappler Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, they sold that one actually really well. It's like, ah, he's, he's holding his own with, with Riddle. Like, Matt Riddle's a top, one of the top stars on NXT. Kurt Hawkins has yeah. won like, one tag match in the last three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kurt Hawkins was used for a WrestleMania moment. And then not used after that. <laughs> yeah, but but it's all right because he has no match for the great Hawkins. Uh, but I've, I've seen a few criticisms online about this: the fact that people say it was the lack of the main event guys on Raw. It was like there's such a big, massive roster on Raw, and we got like half of them. Surely that would have evened the odds and made it NXT look weak. But no, they kept it NXT looking strong. Yeah. Uh... Obviously, they, they kept touching on this, Vic Joseph, going, this isn't a depleted roster, this isn't a roster that's stuck overseas, this is, you know, this is Monday Night Raw, we're the issue, we're this, we're that, we're the next thing. And as you said, you know, some criticism over the fact that 
no one, no one was there. Mm. Uh, it was like, it's like, are they? Are, are we making them look like they're still in Saudi Arabia, even though they've been on the show all night? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Don't know. We've got a guy out in Alistair Black who was not on any part of the show or in Saudi Arabia. I know that's another weird one because I, I think he he tweeted out. Unfortunately, Velveteen Dreams injured, but he tweeted out, "Let me dream with dreaming block capitals." Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but the, despite the criticisms from some, I would say I would give that one a, a red hot for myself. I thought it was a good way to lead into uh, the Survivor Series feud, and it makes you curious of what's going to happen on NXT. What do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. We always talk about like leave them wanting more, or you need to leave something for the next show. This going off the air while the fight's still going, you know, people will flock to WWE's YouTube channel, you know, because WWE always have, like, you know, backstage, you know, clips, you know, interviews that didn't go on the air and, you know, what happened after Raw went off the air. So mm-hmm. they're, they're searching. It, it brings traffic to WWE's, you know, YouTube channel, their Twitter channel, their Facebook channels and all that. It keeps people interested for NXT, you know, who, you know, because NXT obviously... It's not beat AEW in the ratings yet. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not the be-all and end-all, but it, it adds something because NXT, uh, AEW don't have anything really groundbreaking. You know, they had the tag title last week. You know, they've had the women's title matches, the world title matches. Mm-hmm. They've not got much on this week. And now you're sitting wondering, are the likes of Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, you know, are they going to show up? Who who will show up? Mm-hmm. You know, it gives NXT, I think, the, the edge here. Yeah, definitely. It does make you wonder what's going to happen this coming Wednesday. Uh, Ross, what's your second uh, six for six? Uh, well, it's technically two segments, but we're going to put them together. We're just going to call it Brock Rampage. <laughs> um, Brock Lesnar comes out with his Jew, as Paul Heyman called himself. Mm. <laughs> um, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, they announced that Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss were traded for two future draft picks. Mm-hmm. And I think Brock should count as two. He certainly is the size of both of them put together. <laughs> uh, Brock Lesnar announces he has quit SmackDown so he can come to Raw and go after Rey Mysterio. You know, mm-hmm. he he goes on this rampage, you know, he attacks one guy backstage, he attacks another guy, he drags some guy out of a car. Oh yeah, that poor you know, guy. I like how he looked in the front window and didn't pull the driver out, but then he pulled someone else out. <laughs> he, he attacks Dio Madden, a, you know, Paul Heyman with a great line of, I will unleash the beast on you, King, and no one will resuscitate you when you die oh, on the other. Oh my God, what a line. And I didn't realise how tall Dio Madden was, by the way. Neither did I. Know I. He's, a former, he's a former NFL player, I know that much, but my God, he's huge. Oh yeah, and then obviously we get the the moment of Rey Mysterio with the baseball bat swinging for the knees. Brock Lesnar is a fantastic seller, something that doesn't get touched on a lot. Mm-hmm. And another great line commentary was actually quite on point tonight. Another great line for Jimmy Lawler as he just goes, "Hit Heyman, hit Heyman, hit Heyman." <laughs> yeah, definitely, and then it leads to uh, Rey Mysterio challenging and. Uh, Brock Lesnar for the WWE title at Survivor Series, which was later accepted by Brock. A surprising move that that's going to happen at Survivor Series off the back of that, considering the whole Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT aspect of that show. 
Yeah, I think um, from what we're seeing, I think much like obviously it was cause of an injury, but Charlotte was SmackDown's representative last year against Ronda. I think Seth's going to be Raw's representative just because he's been beaten by The Fiend already. It keeps The Fiend strong. Adam Cole doesn't need to take the pin. But mm-hmm. um, I think this as well is to add something extra just to... You know, it's, it's not just triple threat, it's not just brand warfare. We have the WWE title on the line. We have one of the best in all time in Rey Mysterio. And we have, you know, our big attraction, Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock Lesnar and his third WWE title match in a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is something different. And I like how Ray's been made to look like he's equal in the whole thing. Yeah, I, it's not like as if Ray's, you know, busting out UFC moves. Ray's, Brock made it personal. So Ray, in the real world, if someone attacked, you know, your spouse or your child or, you know, someone in your family and you want to get back at someone, you're not going to go in there and start hurricane right now. You're going to take a bat and swing for their legs. And Ray's been doing that, you know what I mean? Ray's not been stupid. He's played to his strengths. And uh-huh. Brock Lesnar having to be carried backstage by Paul Heyman. Such a good visual for the feud. Well, they said later on in the night as well that uh, King said in commentary that Brock uh, didn't leave the building on his own accord which is not uh-huh. a Brock Lesnar thing either, which is something. Yeah, exactly. Something something new, something different. And as you said, it does make Ray look like a threat because he's not trying to take on Brock in a fight. You know, it's not like Roman and Seth going, yeah, I'm going to slay the beast. I'm going, no. Ray wants his legs and if he can take his title, that's a bonus. Yeah, you, you got to question Ray's eye for eye, eye logic though. It's like, you took out my son, I take your belt. I know, not, not as if I'm coming for your child <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely not But it is leading up to a good feud between the two of them At Survivor Series How would you rate this segment then? Or these segments? Um, I, th- I get, think again, Red Hot is another, another good good angle mm-hmm. I think it was really, really solid I liked how um, I liked as well the, the angle with Dion Madden as well We sometimes feel like uh, not We don't really know much about him Mm-hmm. Like maybe seen him put up a bit of a. I mean, he goes up, he squares to Lesnar, and then Lesnar just makes mincemeat out of him. He's a, yeah, he's a big think, guy. Yeah, I think maybe if like if he grabbed King by the scruff of the neck, and then Dio Madden pushes Brock to the floor, mm-hmm. and then they start, you know, scrapping, you know, make it because Brock's done this before. Where like I tell you, little guys, you know, Dio's bigger than him, but you know, lesser threats get a few good punches in. And then Brock just hits that one move and it just always demonstrates how powerful and how much of a threat Brock Lesnar is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it was a great segment as well. I'll give it a red hot as well. I have three segments into this and we've got three uh, thumbs up from us, which is unlike many other rows. <laughs> but, <I know>. yes. <laughs> but no, I thought it was really good. I like how um, I like how Ray's being more of a threat. You find maybe the last year since he's been back and he's feud with Andrade, not really been this, uh, a given a lot, but this is a good chance for him to show that he's a credible threat to Lesnar. Yeah, I think obviously he's had injuries on and off. You know, the US title match with Joe at Mania went a minute because of injury. Then when we got the actual match, he got injured. Um, I think this this is obviously makes him look like a threat and if he gets beat, it, you know, the guy's done everything anyway, so it's not like a Braun Strowman situation when he got beat by Lesnar. It was like, Oh, well, that's, that's the Braun experiment over. You know, Ray can recover for this. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, right, I'm moving on from Annex, but I'm moving on to something that was a kind of small segment when it was backstage, but one I thought was really well done. It was uh, the backstage interview with the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. Uh, oh, yes. Interviewed by uh, Charlie, I can't, I can't pronounce her second name, Caruso, Caruso, Charlie Caruso. I bet you can there and then caught, get caught in my throat. <laughs> Charlie Caruso. <laughs> yes, uh, when she, she was interviewing Becky Lynch, and then very early in the interview, she was told to get off her seat. Uh, by one NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler, who pretty much said to Becky, uh, you may have beat Ronda Rousey, but I'm not Ronda Rousey. <laughs> uh, yeah. This was a stare-off that's been many months in the making, I think, Ross, ever since uh, Becky beat uh, Ronda at WrestleMania. People wanted to see her and Shayna go face-to-face. Yeah, um, I don't obviously you alluded to it. Uh, she was told, get off her seat, yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm going to take your seat. I'm, I'm taking it, I'm not asking. Get up or I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, playing off, you know, Becky says, you know, alludes to last year when she became the man, you know, she became the most over person due to, you know, the broken face. And now she says she's went from the target or to the target, you know. She's beaten Bailey's best friend, you know, she alludes to that. I beat Sasha in a, the injury list. And I've sent Rhonda into hiding. And it's the anger on Shayna's face when she goes, listen to me carefully, I'm not Rhonda. Yeah, it's, ve- it's very well done. Uh, Shayna is, you can, watching Shayna in the last two years, you've seen the improvement in every aspect of her, uh, of her craft. And this was, uh, she, going face to face with arguably the best uh, promo in the women's division in Becky. Yeah. Yeah, I think as well, this is a, uh, a promo Becky's needed, if you get me, because mm-hmm. she is the selling point in this match. She is, you know, Bailey's been back and forth, you know, since the whole "Am I a heel? Am I not a heel?" sort of thing. Now she is fully heel, but she's not the the Bailey of 2016, where everyone is paying to see her. Shayna, you know, to the NXT faithful, is a threat, but to those that only watch Raw and SmackDown, they don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. So. Becky, I think, needed this promo because she is the selling point. She showed why. And, you know, after, you know, lesser feuds with the likes of Lacey Evans, some were questioning, myself included, is this, you know, is, is Becky just because, was it because she was going against Charlotte and Ronda that it looked so good? Mm. I think this proved otherwise. It's a really good promo. Mm. And it was the, the way she didn't back down. She leaned right in there and said, I've not decided if I respect you or you just annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very well done. I would love to see. I'd be interested how this goes on to the NXT. Obviously, we saw Shayna show up on SmackDown this past Friday. The women's division in NXT, they've got this whole War Games thing going on. So the question would be will Becky and uh, Bailey on the SmackDown side, will we see them kind of intervene in that one or will that feud just be left to go on on NXT? It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's, um, it's sort of. Uh mirrors the whole um, thing WWE had a few I believe last year actually when they were booking to Backlash and the Great Royal Rumble at the same time mm-hmm. they've still got NXT booked towards you know we're three weeks out there's five matches on an NXT card there's one match announced with eight participants and only two have been announced you know so as we are hoping the likes of NXT isn't going to get caught up in the Survivor Series thing like, you know, you're hoping it's good. Mm-hmm. No, 
Definitely, and I think uh, I look forward to these two kind of going toe to toe eventually. I would, uh, I would definitely give this one a, a red hot for myself because I think uh, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a simple done. It's very well, the, but I kind of I love always love that whole face to face. Don't actually lock horns, and then you hold it off a good couple of weeks, and when they, t- they eventually go toe to toe. I think that you get a lot more excitement with it. And I feel the excitement is really well there with these two, especially with all the things that they've alluded to, both sides of it, you know? It's very well done. Yeah, um, it is is very well done, as you said, and obviously the holding off on the physicality. But, you know, sometimes we we water down matches. Oh, by the way, they're an opposite side in a tag match, or they're opposite side in a six-man tag. Oh, you know, this guy's personal friend is fighting the number one contender, you know? It sometimes gets bogged down, but as you said, the physicality was not there, even though, you know, the likes of Shayna just attacks people for no reason. Becky will punch you in the face for looking at her wrong. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was kept it was kept apart, and I think that was really well done. Mm-hmm. De- definitely. Uh, and I, I, I really do look forward to this match. The match, if you'd missed it, we alluded to at Survivor Series, it was announced was obviously Becky versus Bailey versus Shayna. It's a mouth-watering tie in the women's division. It's a, it's kind of a dream match in many people's eyes. And it is the clash of four horsewomen without the two ones from NXT, which is good. Whose <laughs> uh, name was it Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke, who are not impressed to the same level as their peers, the other two. No, Ronda, Ronda, I think, a hard time, but, you know, was very good for uh, someone in their first year. And Shayna has just went from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Ross, what's your final six for six then? Well, I think we've had a wee bit of love in here about Raw and how good it was, so I'm, I'm going to deliberately pick something that was kind of crap, just so we're not seen yeah, as these, sure. you know, just so we're not seen as these market people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Perfect. I'm going to, I've just labelled it here in my notes, the Rusev drama. Yes. Oh, God, it's just so... Get Drew McIntyre away from Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I noticed that... I, I, Sorry, on you go. I noticed that a crown jewel when they had it was it team team Flair had Lashley, Drew, and Corbin, and, and Corbin. it was like keep yeah. these three away from each other. Yeah, they they get kind of bogged down in the whole shield thing. Three guys that are very good on their own, but together just were cannon fodder for the shield, and it was just bad. <laughs> and yeah. So, obviously, Rusev comes out and says, you know, I'm not going to fight for Lana. You can have her. I don't want her. But I want you. So you think, oh, good, match. let's just end this. And then Bobby Lashley comes out, forgetting to limp, like Winston when he's trying to bump the benefits and still game. He's got the <laughs> stick, he's not going to limp. Um, he then says, well, Lana says for him, we have a replacement. Drew McIntyre comes out, and you're like, oh, for God's sake. Drew and Rusev had had an okay match. You know, it was just two guys, big guys, clubbing lumps at each other. Mm-hmm. But then Bobby Lashley, faking the injury as we all knew he was, breaks up the fight. And I think Drew's feelings were mirrored with all of ours. Because Bye. he just goes... <laughs> I'm out here. He puts his hands up and throws them down and just goes, I'm done. And then we have... Obviously, the afters, we have Baron Corbin's replacement in Freeman Bland, Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, and then Ricochet for some reason. And you're just like, who who cares? Like, can we just move on? I'll, I've got I, a feeling, 
Sorry, Nico. I actually quite liked uh, the way Randy Orton slithers into the ring out of nowhere. I actually thought that, yeah. was, a, that was a good bit from that segment. He just uh, kind of sneaks in at the bottom of the camera angle. You kind of just see him. Yeah, he's really good at that sort of thing. He's, it is like a blinking you'll miss it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just the whole... I think we know two matches for TLC once this whole Survivor Series thing's over. It'll be the likes of Lashley v. Rusev and that'll probably be the chairs match and maybe a ladder match with Orton and Ricochet for a number one contenders match or something. Just hopefully use Ricochet to his strengths. But it's just... It just seems like they're throwing more people into this angle as if to go, oh, people like Randy Orton. Oh, people like Ricochet. Let's let's put them in and see if... Like, no, let's just have a match, get it over with. You know, Lana can still manage Lashley, you know, because Rusev doesn't really need the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. But let's, you know, get them separated and into their separate ways. Yeah, I mean, you say about liking as well. I mean, the fans are still into Rusev. I mean, the Rusev Day chants, that was the first time I've heard the Rusev Day chants in about a year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it shows that the fans are still into him. It's just this whole, I mean, like, I injured myself. I tore my groin. Come on. Tore your groin. Yeah. It's 2019. That joke is, like, 20 year old. Yeah, it was the fact that, like, oh, God, they're really going to be that clumsy about it. They're not even going to hide it. And then Lana goes, we have a relationship of love and sex. And, like, my God, this sounds like it was written by a 14-year-old father. It's, it's, the, it's the, we have a relationship on sex. It's like, did you not break up with him last week or say that you broke up with him last week because you wanted too much sex? Yeah, it was a set. It's just... Like, if you don't care about it, why the hell should I care about it, WWE? You know what I mean? Like, who cares? I mean, the ultimate test they had for it last week was that the whole divorce court angle, it went on last with the two of them, and it was like, right, if it's going to pull in ratings, it'll do well. But it's, the third hour last week's Raw saw a massive drop in ratings, so people do not want to care about this. They just want it done. They're happy Rusev's a face, I think it's clear to say, but they just do not want this angle. Yeah, like WWE is a, a history of doing things too late. I think making Rusev the face here is far too late, but I also think Vince McMahon loves Bobby Lashley and loves humiliating people. Mm-hmm. He's not wanted Rusev and Lana as an item in real life for a long time, so I've got a feeling by the end of this angle, Bobby Lashley will be looking dominant. You know, he gets the win, he gets the woman, and Rusev will be back on main event fighting the likes of Nobi Jose. Oh, I feel sorry for him. So uh, I feel as if you're definitely giving this the first stone cold of the of the show. Yeah, this is absolutely stone cold. This is free. This is glacier levels of cold. Not even a stone cold. It's a glacier. <laughs> oh my god, that's bad. That's like ultimate level glacier. Like. Yeah, yeah, glacier. <laughs> even he showed up at the casino battle royal at AEW this year. It's like. <laughs> My God, it defrosted them. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, I would agree with you. I think it's just, it's it's, it's not good on any of them. None of them are looking great out of this one. Uh, Lana needs to stop mixing her accent as well. My God, pick one or the other. Yeah, I know. It, like, <laughs> it's like the episode of Friends where Ross puts on a British accent because he's nervous and he's trying to phase it out. Mm-hmm. But she's just doing it so clumsy. It's like, Rusev. Bobby Lashley is going to take you down and crush you. Like, do it properly. One or the other. I don't, we want consistency. Yeah, you're going to be Russian 
or you're just from wherever you're from. Jeez. So, yeah, yes, exactly. so that is, a, that is a unanimous glacier level stone cold from us. Uh, I'm going to conclude my ones on the main segment of the show with another one that I thought was a thumbs down, which may be surprising, may not be surprising. It was the uh, second last segment of the show. It was the Viking Raiders uh, match against the two men with the, the polo necks, whatever the hell they were, the sweaters, you know, yeah, they were second-generation stars. They were the mainstream posse kids. Uh, whatever, man. It's, um, the Viking Raiders have been tag team champions for, what, like a month? Maybe two months now? And yeah. and they have... Ne- maybe about a month, I think. And they have now had, I think, about three weeks, four weeks in a row of squash matches against local talent again. They won the match in quick succession. The point of the segment was that they called out the OC again after what happened Crown Jewel where OC won the big tag team turmoil but they're tag team champions they shouldn't be having squash matches with local guys yeah I think um, like you can maybe forgive it one week out of four you know what Mm I mean yeah or you know or maybe have them squash like two arrogant heels you know lower down heels that aren't on the card like say a a Mojo Rawley and a Titus O'Neill. I don't even know if Titus O'Neill was heel, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, oh, by the way, well, you're going to fight the tag champions and they get squashed in two minutes. But no name jobbers for like three weeks in a row, as you were saying. Yeah, it's not acceptable. And yeah. these, these, are, these are guys that are going to be in one of your Survivor Series marquee matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are one of the best tag teams WWE has. They're one of the best tag teams in the full of wrestling as an accolade show, NXT tag champs, Raw tag champs, IWGP tag champions. And as well, WWE at the current present, they have a massive roster. If you look at the tag team guys that are not being, they've not been put on a brand at the moment. You've got the Usos, the Ascensions. Are the Colognes still employed? I don't know. They're still there. You know. I think they're, they're labelled, when you go to Wikipedia, they're labelled as Smackdown guys. Oh my God. Did they get drafted? I don't know, I look this up. But you've got guys like this, that's the thing, you've got established talent in there, you can use these actual guys, but it's just a waste of saying, like, I can understand them having the jobbers before they won the belts, and they were building them up, but now that they're champs, they should not be facing local guys when there's that big a tag team roster. Yeah, 100%. The likes uh you know, Ryder and Hawkins, obviously we saw them there, you've got the B team, I think they're on SmackDown, you know, but, you know, you've got lower level guys that you can throw them in there against, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it'll still, you know, you can still build it up as impressive, even though, you know, those two team are jobbers, they're former tag champs in their own right, so you can go, my God, they beat these tag champs in 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. It looks better than, my God, they slapped the sweater off that guy. <laughs> and as you alluded to they did announce on this on this particular Raw another match for Survivor Series it's going to be the Viking Raiders versus the tag team champs from Smackdown the Revival versus the NXT tag team champions Undisputed Errors Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish when you talk about how mouth-watering a match that is surely they need to have a bit more going for them than that um, yeah 100% like even even calling out the, the Undisputed Era you know they defeated them for the tag titles the Street Profits won the title because the Viking Raiders vacated them and then obviously Undisputed Era took them. So you should be saying, like, if we were still in NXT, you wouldn't be anywhere near this match. Mm-hmm. You know, we beat you once, we'll beat you twice. You know, calling out, you know, the revival. Even alluding to maybe the New Day, because I've got a feeling New Day are winning this, oh, this Friday on SmackDown. Right. Yeah, I think 
I think they would have won on Friday and the match would have been announced. New Day, Viking Raiders, Undisputed Era, because, as you said, Viking Raiders, known the world over, Undisputed Era, very protected since they debuted in 2017. New Day is WWE's best creation in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think they're going to put, what, seven months or into Kofi Kingston just to not have him on Survivor Series. I think he'll be on Survivor Series as a tag champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But uh, obviously, that, that, the the match, the squash match, led. To, it was a decent promo, I think. From uh, I can't even. It was Raw or it was Han- whatever the one he was. I can't remember the ball. The ball was the bald one called. Is he Ivar or Eric? <laughs> I've lost uh, track. Dave the Barbarian. <laughs> I've lost track of their names ever since they changed them when they moved up. I think, I think he. I think he's Eric. Ivar's. They always say Ivar's the high flyer. So I think I the high, the flippy one's the hairy one. Uh, he was Raw. I know he was Raw. Aye. Uh, the, um, the bald one's married to Sarah Logan, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he cut the good uh, promo. The one that's married to Sarah Logan, right there we go. He cuts a good promo, but even then, for me, I, I hate the idea of these guys are tag champs. It's one of the big matches on the Survivor Series card. Give them some established match, or at least give them like, the promo. Even the promo, the promo's relating to the OC. Leave the OC for now, focus on the other two teams. And build for Survivor Series, which is why I'm going to give this a stone cold. I'm going to give this a uh, thumbs down from me. What about you, Ross? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Your tag champs, unless it is the week before the pay-per-view and you really need to get something across mm-hmm. and there's nothing else for them, tag champs should not be in squash matches. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that one. I mean, nothing, nothing against the Viking Raiders, we just don't like the idea. Nothing against the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> they'll end up back you never know they'll end up on NXT or something or NXT UK probably oh. <laughs> uh, right so that's our main segment so that's our main 6 for 6 now obviously that's not the full breadth of Raw we've got a couple other more segments that took place on Raw and matches that we're going to go through very very briefly we're going to give them a brief uh, Stone Cold or Red uh, Red Hot and briefly explain why Ross the first one uh, was the match that opened Raw, uh, the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Natalia. What would you give this? Um, you know, it wasn't terrible. I'll, I'll give it a, a red hot um, because I think, obviously, we mentioned the big stars, you know, going to be on Survivor Series. I think, obviously, New Day are going to be on. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll have Charlotte not on a pay-per-view if they can help it. And I don't think after the... You know, after the deal, the big deal they made about it, you know, the first women's match in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. they were wanting Natalia front and centre. Yeah, that was the main reason I could see that match actually going the way it did. I personally would give it the opposite. I'm going to go Stone Cold because I think the Kabuki Warriors are red hot at the moment. They're one of the best. Uh, since they've turned heel, they've been absolutely brilliant in what they've been doing. And I think to give them this loss so in this way, it went on for three segments as well, which was really surprising. Uh, but yeah. I would not. I would not have had them dropping it. I would have went. So that's, that's the reason why I'm giving it some gold. I think um, obviously Jerry Lawler alluded to it on commentary. Uh, two weeks in a row, uh, Charlotte and Natalia have teamed together, as Jerry Lawler alluded. Mm-hmm. I think that going into Survivor Series, there won't be a triple threat here. I think there's going to be a fatal four way. I right. think Kabuki Warriors are going to defend the title against an NXT team. A SmackDown team and a Raw team. And the Raw team's going to be Charlotte and that. Yeah, I think, and maybe Fire and Desire for SmackDown and Team Kick for NXT, maybe. 
I think that sounds pretty reasonable. But uh, regardless, I, love, I think the computer cars are brilliant, which is the reason why I went down. Uh, well, I can, I can uh, the, the next match we had, uh, they kind of flung their way into this one. Uh, it was Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, how would you go with this one? Um, I'd give it a stone cold. Uh, I think Buddy Murphy wrestled last week, didn't he, as well? I can't remember who he fought. He wrestled, but... our, he wrestled our truth and it got caught up in the whole 24-7 shenanigans. Did it? Um, I know he did win because obviously they said, oh, he, he, he's won last week. Um, I think this is maybe like slowly building Buddy Murphy, but the fact is I've seen Cedric and Buddy have better matches on Super Showdown in Australia. On two or five live on pay per views, so I think I maybe I went into it with a bit too much expectations, but it was just sort of you know after the whole Rey Mysterio attacking with the baseball bat thing, mm-hmm. it just sort of you know you went for such a hype angle to such a thrown together match with no entrances, and it was just like start caring about this, and you're like I can't really. I'm still thinking about the last you know, I'm thinking about the last moment. You know, you could have taken a break there, but. Yeah. yeah, stone cold for me. I would agree with you for pretty much the similar reasons. They've had better matches. Nothing bad against the match, but it just did not feel didn't feel right. It was a decent match, not a bad one. And, and anyway, it's well worth watching as a standalone. But based on what you said happened before, with the Rey Mysterio Black Lesnar angle, uh, yeah, definitely a doubt for me as well. Uh, then we also had then Andrade and Zelina Vega taking on Sin Cara and. There's a bit of ambiguity on how her name is pronounced. Is it Carolina? Uh, Carolina Wine Mixer. Uh, she was in Step <laughs> uh, What was your thoughts on this one? This woman makes Sin Cara look like Bruno Sammartino. Good <laughs> God, who is she? I don't know. She looks absolutely terrible. She'll turn out to I be like this. She... I'm not actually sure who it is. I've not looked up, but she'll end up being like this decorated star. Yeah, like because obviously when Sarah Logan joined WWE, we were like, wait, that's crazy Mary Dobson. Like, yeah, she's so much better than she's been portrayed to be. Um, yeah, Sin Cara kind of just, I think Andrade is above this, like, but Sin Cara is there for reasons. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's just a case of the ship sailed on Sin Cara a long time ago, you know. When the original guy left, and then you know the Lucha uh, Dragon split up, mm. you know it just it's sort of he can still have good matches. You know we saw him have a good to decent feud with Baron Corbin over the US title. He was good in the Intercontinental Title match at WrestleMania 32, but he, no one really cares at the minute. You know he was injured for seven months and no one noticed. Mm-hmm. This new Luchador isn't that good, and it just seems like Zelina and Andrade. You know with their Zelina's promo ability and Andrade's in ring ability. Are just worthy of so much more. Mm-hmm. So you got a stone cold. Yeah, this is a stone cold for me. Worst, yeah. worst segment. So I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think Andrade and Zelina are so much better than this. I think they're, they're, this is a waste of them, which is why I agree with you on that one. Uh, and the final segment that we're gonna go to is the six-man tag. A very great match on paper. It's the OC taking on Humberto Carrillo and the Street Profits. Uh, what, what are you gonna give us? Stone Cold or the Red Hot? Um, I'll, I'll say Red Hot, yeah. It's a, a fun six-man TV match. And obviously, AJ's promo before it as well, calling out those guys from Orlando, Florida, which yeah. I, thought he meant the, I thought he meant the impact zone. But, you know, 
Uh, he's talking about NXT in the performance centre. Uh, did did well to build, you know, towards Survivor Series. Kept the whole, you know, the trophy still there. Kept the whole best tag team in the world thing still going. And yeah, AJ Styles and the OC won as they should have. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. It was a nice, fun match. It was, did, did the job. I would have liked him to actually make reference to the fact that they skipped NXT because they all three didn't go. They all went straight to the main roster. So that would be a nice yeah, touch. I think if they'd actually done that. Yeah, like you can have Gallows and Anderson saying, you know, we came straight to the A show, you know, because they were drafted straight to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Styles, you know, maybe talked down about SmackDown, just saying, I get bolder running that place. You know, I was champion there for a year and no one could take the belt from me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe make reference to that, and then you know you're you've you know two birds one stone. You've taken them both down. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. But it was it was a fun match, and that's why I'm also giving it a red hot. So if you give if we were given a point for every red hot that we gave, we would have gave that score last week of eleven out of twenty. So a pretty solid draw. Yeah, it's fair to the, say. the Survivor Series stuff and leading to the pay per view, which is the important thing, was mm-hmm. all very good. The stuff not leading to the pay-per-view was a bit crap. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but Very, it, They would have made a good episode of Main Event, but this is Raw. This is meant to be the issue. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, so obviously we're going to, as Raw moves on as a weekly segment, Ross, I'm going to ask you quickly, give us, as a final segment for the show, uh, your hot take of what might happen next week that might be a bit outside the box. I think... We're going to start having NXT guys fight for main roster titles. Adam Cole's mm-hmm. defended his. Adam Cole's defended his title two shows in a row. Mm-hmm. I think Triple H is going to lay down the gauntlet to the main roster. And also, as a hot take for Survivor Series, I would like to see the IC North American and US title all defended in separate matches. Three mm-hmm. triple threat matches. You know, Ron SmackDown pick a representative to go after the North American. NXT and Raw pick one to go after the SmackDown and NXT and SmackDown pick one to go after the US. Make it a bit different, you know what I mean? It's still about brand warfare, but it's also about the titles. Mm, that's an interesting one. I've got a, a, a bit of an outside-the-box as well. We've all, I talked earlier on about uh, Alistair Black. He's not really been used on this week's Raw, but he's got mm-hmm. that thing about uh, asking for a challenge. He has. He kind of asks people to kind of knock on the door, you know, Somebody, sort of an opponent. Uh, I think it'd be great if that person this week was somebody from NXT. You allude to the kind of dream thing. It'd be good if there's a whole bunch of guys it could be, the likes of Matt Riddle, Dijakovic, you know. That is a that's a really good pick. And if that did happen, do you know who I'd like it to be? Who's that? The man that beat him for the NXT title, Tommaso Ciampa. Mm, it's interesting. I saw a rumour today, actually, that the they're leading apparently towards uh, Tommaso Ciampa facing a Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Oh, that would be brilliant. That could be a really, really interesting clash of that one. But that's that's obviously something that we'll see and that'll be getting discussed in maybe the future SmackDown shows with our SmackDown Saturday, the first of which we had just there on our Patreon channel. But this has been the first of our weekly Raw reports. This is one of a bunch of regular Patreon shows that we'll be doing at Suplex Retweet. We've got the Raw Report, Saturday Smackdown, we've got the Wednesday Night Wars, so much, and also loads of other content that we'll be putting out on this Patreon channel. But 
For myself, Stephen Wilson, I'd like to thank my first guest on the Rob Report, Ross McLeod. Thank you very much. The pleasure was all yours. Absolutely. This has been Eat, Sleep, <laughs> this has been Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat, and we'll see you next week.